Hello, everyone. Welcome to the 5-1 Volleyball Podcast, the best way to follow pro volleyball stats, storylines, and news. My name is Dan, and today we're going to talk about that insane weekend that just took place with three major pro volleyball leagues finishing their championships. Tabate beating Cezzy Sao Paulo, Berlin beating Friedrichshafen, and Tours beating Shoma. So three leagues finishing up all at the same time over the weekend. Additionally, we also had our fourth matchup in the Perugia versus the Lube, finals matchup in the Italian league, with Lube coming out ahead in that match and the finals taking place next week. So for this episode, I'm going to go over some of those games that happened over the weekend, recap them, talk about the best players, best performances, that kind of thing. And then I'm also going to preview the last domestic league match that's going to be played, as far as I'm aware, which is that final winner-take-all game five between Cucine Lube Civitanova and Sir Safety Konad Perugia. Also, we have a mountain of transfers I still have to talk about. That'll be on an upcoming podcast as well. I'm going to talk with Louis Lett of the Freeball Podcast once again on Wednesday to preview the men's and the women's Champions League Superfinals taking place in Berlin, taking place this Saturday, May 18th. It's going to be a great matchup. Like talking to Louis, if you didn't check out the podcast we did previously, go over to at Freeball Podcast on Instagram. He has links to all his previous podcasts or check it out on Spotify. And I'll probably do my own more granular look at the matchups, especially on the men's side in the Champions League Superfinals because Lubechi Vitanova versus Kazan, we've seen that matchup a few times over the last few years, so it's a really interesting one to dissect. But the main focus for today is to talk about the matches that took place over the weekend. And why don't we talk about Italy first? Another blowout match in the Italian Super League Finals with Lubechi Vitanova crushing Perugia 3-0 in the Eurosoul Forum at home. The away team has only won one match this entire series, which is a pretty crazy stat to think about. Only in set two of the second game in the series did the away team win a set, and that was Perugia winning 25-22. I know home court advantage is big, but it's crazy that it's been this much of a factor in the playoff series, especially for Perugia, who crazily enough, I don't think has won an away game in the entire playoff so far. So who knows what they put in the water in Perugia, but the team hits better, they pass better, they serve especially way better when they are playing at home. Lube Civitanova has not taken a single set off of Perugia in their home court, which does not bode well for them in the final match taking place tomorrow, May 14th. But as for the fourth game in the series, complete blowout by Lube Civitanova. Robert Landy Simon had his, one of his best games of the entire season with a very timely service run in the first set after Lube started out poorly. They were down about 12-9. Simon comes in, rips off three really strong aces, mostly against Massimo Colacci. Interestingly enough, very good passer, but not enough for Simon serves. They were barely going over the top of the tape. You know, that's the spot he really likes to aim for. Results in a lot of errors for the big man, but sometimes it pays off big, as it did in this set. And after that service run, Perugia wasn't really competitive at any other point in the match. 
they gave up leads midway through the second and third sets that they were really not able to come back from. We've seen Perugia a couple times this playoffs, most notably that game five against Modena where Nick Hogue came in and served three really clutch aces. We've seen their serve being able to get them back into the game several times, but that wasn't to be the case today. Lube was the team whose service really helped them out in this match. As I mentioned, Robert Landy Simon ended up with four aces in this match. Also, three blocks, four for six hitting. Spectacular game from him. If they passed a little better and they were able to run him more, he would have had even more impressive offensive numbers. But still, 11 points with only four kills. That's tough to do, in my opinion. Should have won the MVP for the match, but they actually gave it to Osmani Wantarena. Didn't have a terrible game. Very efficient hitting at 9 for 13. Efficient passing with 38% perfect passing. Definitely not a terrible game from Wantarena, but I think he was really successful because of the position that Bruno in the middles were putting him in. Bruno's another player I think should have been considered for MVP in this match. He was just picking apart this Perugia block really well today. You could tell that they had definitely gone over a lot of game film in between games 3 and 4, really carefully analyzing where Perugia liked to block. They went after Filippo Lanza in his subpar blocking a lot this game. Svetin Sokolov with 12 points on 16 attempts. Again, many of them on Lanza. They also went after Decheco, not even trying to go around him. A lot of times, just going over him or trying to tool it off his hands. Decheco, not a terrible blocker, but he's definitely not at the level of many of Perugia's best players like Podra Shannon and Leon. Keeping the ball out of the middle and trying to go way more line and way less cross was an attacking strategy I think paid off really well for Lube. Hit 70% as a team. And while some of that does come down to strategy, a lot of it comes down to just executing and attacking really well. Some very skilled attackers on Cucine, Lube, Civitanova. Obviously not a great game from Perugia. They started off pretty well, but were just immediately broken. As I mentioned earlier, they had done such a great job of keeping the ball out of the middle, trying to go up for triple blocks. Pretty much every time Wilfredo Leon was in the front court, really trying to take away that cross shot, which really is a favorite of Juan Terena and Leal. And I thought they did a decent job of doing that today, but the passing was a bit tighter from Lubicic Tanova. They weren't able to set up those blocks quite as well, and they did give up a lot of line, which obviously Lube took advantage of. Wilfredo Leon still played a good game, hitting 10 for 16, although he did get blocked three times. Also added a block and an ace, but six service errors the most out of anyone in this match. Kalachi, I thought, had one of the worst games of his playoff run so far. Wasn't really passing well. You know when Leon is passing better than Kalachi, then something is going wrong for Perugia. Gave up four aces as well, and while he was good defensively, he wasn't making up for his lack of reception with his digs. So I'd like to see better from Kalachi next game. Filippo Lanza, pretty much a non-factor in this one. Didn't really give up a ton of points, but also was not scoring well. The other main offensive weapon of Perugia, Alexander Atanasevich, also played quite well, hitting 10 for 19 with an ace as well. But even though the offense is doing all right for Perugia, just absolutely monster, monster offensive performance from Lube. Not a game with a lot of rallies this one. Not a game with a lot of breakpoints. Only 7 for Perugia. 20 for Cucine Lubicivtanova. So it was really just pass, side out, volleyball. Another thing I think 
Lube did really well was take away Fabio Ricci in the middle. We've seen that Luciano Di Cecco loves, loves to force Ricci in the middle. And for most of the year, that run works really well. No one is expecting Fabio Ricci, not exactly an offensive behemoth, to get set when the ball is at the three meter line. But Luciano Di Cecco, one of the best setters in the world, great hands, is often able to find him in a good position. But Lube, they've played each other so many times. They know the scouting report. They know when De Checo likes to do that move, and they just kept the middle at home every time. Ricci's stat line wasn't terrible, 4 for 7 attacking, but made an attacking error, got blocked, and a couple of the points he scored were pretty lucky, kind of balls that rolled off hands, down the tape, things like that. So I think for the next game, I would just rely on the big outside hitters, Wilfredo Leon and Alexander Tetasevich. Forcing Ricci has actually worked pretty well at a lot of times this year, especially in the Champions League. But I think it's a little cute for this level and this time in the playoffs. Lube knows a scouting report, especially when Wilfredo Leon is hitting like this. I think if you can get Wilfredo Leon even a double block, he's going to score the majority of the time. And I think in Game 5, season decider of the finals, it's okay to rely on Wilfredo Leon and Alexander Atanasevich for your offense. But we know Bernardi's probably thinking the exact same thing. We'll see how they decide to switch it up tomorrow in Game 5. The last game of the finals, the stats do not bode well for Lube. This exact same situation happened last year. Got to game five, lost it in Perugia. Lube has not taken a set off of Perugia in their home court this entire final series. So definitely the money's on Perugia to win this and give Lube another silver medal. But what a redemption story it would be if Lube managed to win this one. Really looking forward to the game. You can check out all the action on Rye Sport or whatever YouTube streams you guys manage to find. Now let's head a bit, now let's head a few hours north to the south of Germany, where Berlin Recycling Volleys took down Friedrich Schaffen in their hometown, three sets to two, in the fifth game of the Bundesliga Finals. Crazy series between these two teams, with the home team winning all but the final match. And this one went right down to the wire too. Berlin winning the first two matches, 25-18, 25-21. Friedrich Schaffen shifting the momentum and winning the third and fourth sets. And then Berlin narrowly squeaking by Friedrich Schaffen, 16-14, to win their fourth Bundesliga title in a row. And it wasn't as easy in years past. Usually Berlin one of the better funded clubs in Germany, able to cruise through the regular season. Usually Friedrichshafen in the finals is their only real test. This year though, they actually finished in third place behind their arch nemesis Friedrichshafen and also the Alpen Volleys who finished in second place. Really what turned them around this season was the addition of legendary Russian setter Sergei Grankin who joined the team from Dynamo Moscow because he was having some feuds with his coaching staff and the club. Anyway, joined them partway through the season and just absolutely turned their season around. Grankin, a little older, but still a masterful setter, really knew how to get the best out of all his players, especially the opposites, Kyle Russell and Benjamin Patch, two tall, super athletic American opposites. Also, Nicholas Rosard joining partway through the season replacing Dustin Wadden. 
which added a little more stability to their passing line and allowed Grankin to execute that great offense that they became known for later on in the season. Grankin was the MVP of this finals match, but this is one of the best games I've ever seen Ben Patch play, hitting 27 for 47, huge set load for him, only making two airs and only getting blocked twice. A lot of out of system balls in that. They went to him heavily when he was in position one, which is something we've seen him struggle a little bit in the past. Great hitter from the front row. A lot of times he struggled a bit more hitting C balls. Also a great game from the American middle. Jeffrey Jendrick absolutely killed it in his first pro season in this game. Had an incredibly efficient 9 for 11 hitting, no errors, and 4 kill blocks. Really important part of this season and this win. He had an extremely efficient hitting season, not because he places the ball extremely well, but he just hits really hard. He's a really good athlete, jumps out of the gym, was firmly the number one middle on this team, even over Nicholas Legoff and George Klein. Really impressive season from the young American middle. One of the things that's impressed me about Berlin this season is how flexible they've been with their lineups. Even though Patch had an incredible game in this match, we actually saw Kyla Russell lead them to a couple of victories in their earlier games in the finals into the playoffs. I'm not sure how Cedric Inard chooses between those two players, but it seems whoever he picks for that day usually has a really good game. Maybe it's a matter of rest. You have two opposites at very similar levels, actually play pretty similarly as well. So having that extra time off in between games might be how he does it. Or it could be as simple as who is hitting better in the warmups that day. We've also seen similar situations in the middle with George Klein and Nicholas Legoff kind of switching in and out depending on who the matchup is. We've seen it on the outsides with Moritz Richard and Adam White switching depending on who's playing better, who's passing better, who's serving better. We've also seen it a bit with the liberos. Inard hasn't hesitated too much to put in Wadden if Nicholas Richard is struggling, although that wasn't really happening too much this season. As for Friedrich Schaffen, I thought they played a really good game. Easily could have come out with a win in this one. Just a few errors. The last pass of the game was a shank by, I believe, Sossenheimer on not the hardest serve for Moritz Richard. Just little mistakes here and there. Could have easily turned this game around. Protop Saltis had an amazing game, hitting 22 for 38. Three hitting errors, but also a block and an ace. Really good all-around game from him and also did his usual thing, passing and digging the ball very well. It amazes me that a guy who's barely taller than six feet is the primary offensive option on one of the best teams in pro volleyball. Unfortunately, Bolads did not have one of his better games of the season, only hit 16 for 40 with six blocked attacks and three attacking errors, got pulled a few times for Daniel Malaysia because he was just not able to finish play successfully, also made six serving errors in this one, a couple of them coming at key moments at the end of sets. This is coach Vidal Hainan's last game with Friedrichshafen, ending a three-year run where they came in second in the Bundesliga every year, despite winning the cup all three years. So interesting stat there. I think this was the year they really expected to get it done. They looked like the best team in the Bundesliga all season, especially in the regular season matchups with Berlin. Looked like clearly the better team. Berlin, though, added Grank into their roster. Rossard came back from injury. They kind of figured out their rotations, unleashed 
Jeffrey Gendrick and Kyle Russell and ended up being just slightly the better team in the finals. Heinen leaving Friedrich Schaffen because he was forbidden to coach club teams as the coach of the Polish national team. So now he will be moving into that role full time, which is not the most common thing for a coach of a national team to not have any other job, but we'll see how it works out for the Polish national team. This could be a pretty ridiculous run with Wilfredo Leon joining the team as the reigning world champions look to build up towards the Olympics in 2020. Now let's go east to France where Tours crushed Chaumont in the last game of the French LNV finals. The final series in France only is a best two out of three, not best three out of five like most other leagues. The first game, as you, if you can remember it, was pretty intense, very close. Tours ended up winning in five sets. This one, not quite as close, with Tours absolutely crushing Shoma in three sets. The big story for the match, it was the last game for Hubert Heno, the legendary French libero who has been playing pro volleyball for 23 years since the 1996-1997 season. His career has taken him to Russia and Dynamo Moscow, to Italy for Piemonte and Lubitschivitanova, of course, played many years in France for Paris, and of course, most recently, Tours Volleyball, one of the first and one of the last clubs of his career, one of the best liberos of all time in volleyball, one of the best players of all time in volleyball, had an extremely emotional reaction at the end of this game, just collapsed to the floor. It was a great end to a great career, and Heno is actually still playing at a very high level. Obviously, he can't quite cover as much ground as he could in the past, wasn't quite as quick, but he was still an extremely technically talented passer. There was no float serve that could break him. He was an absolutely an expert at passing with his hands. Very important player in Tours' championship run this season, even at 42 years old. The Latvian opposite, Hermans Egliskons, was absolutely unstoppable for Tours, hitting 17 for 23 in the game. Every ball was bouncing his way. Even if he missed, we went to replay and saw like a touch off the fingers or something. Gazman Huzaj also had a really efficient game, hitting 13 for 17, also with two kill blocks. Tours overall hitting 64% of the team, really impressive stuff, also helped by Spanish setter Angel Trinidad, and great passing from Nathan Wunumbena and Hubert Heno. This is also probably the last game for Bartholomew Chininez in the French League, as he has announced he is leaving the league to join Italian League, as he should. He's an incredible player, one of the best kind of U21 guys we have in volleyball right now. He hasn't announced what team he is joining yet, but wherever he joins, he's sure to make a huge impact in the middle. He's improved a lot this year. Much smarter attacker, much smarter blocker, still working on the service, but if he keeps continuing to improve at this pace, he could be one of the best middles in our sport eventually. An unfortunate loss for Chaumont, who was one of my favorite teams to follow this season. Really good team chemistry, always a riot to watch. Funny post-game celebrations, funny pre-match rituals, just a team that really seemed to get along and enjoy playing together. This game, though, one of their worst performances of the season. Really struggled on offense. Baptiste Gellier, their captain, only hit 5 for 15, 3 blocked attacks, and an error. Usually, one of their main offensive options is actually... American middle blocker Taylor Averill. He was one of their leading scorers during their really good Champions League run. They like to go to him whenever possible, 
This match, though, only got set four times, only scored on two of those attempts, so that limited a very important part of their offense. We saw Wasim Bentara in for Julian Winkelmuller, and he did a decent job, but not enough to cover the mistakes made by the two outside hitters, Martina Tanisov and Baptiste Gellier. But even though they lost this match, I think this can be considered a successful season for Chaumont. They got to the finals of the French League despite finishing in sixth place in the regular season. They qualified for the Champions League the hard way, fighting through three extra rounds to get a spot in the final 20. And then after that, they also managed to qualify for the final eight. It actually gave Perugia a pretty good run for their money in that quarterfinals matchup. But congratulations to Tours, their second French League title in a row after a brief, rare down period for the club. Judging from Instagram, it seems like the players have not stopped partying literally since they won the championships. And good for them, because I think the French League is actually a lot tougher than most people realize. And then in probably the biggest final matchup of the season, we had Tabate win their first ever championship in the Brazilian Superliga versus Sesi Sao Paulo again in a fifth match. Crazy that we've had most of the finals matchups go to five. Italy were going to five, Brazil went to five, Germany went to five. Always much more exciting when you have a win or go home game for both teams. Really great story for Tabate this season. Don't think you would have expected them to be hoisting the Superliga trophy kind of partway through the season when they were dealing with a lot of, you know, questions of who's going to start between Douglas Souza, Lucarelli, and Conte. They didn't really finish with the best regular season record. There were a lot of question marks. Lucarelli battling back from his devastating Achilles injury that happened to him last year. Tabate barring him from participating in Brazilian national team events last summer, which actually, in their credit, seems to have paid off for him. He had an absolutely fantastic season, winning the regular season MVP in the Brazilian Superliga, and in my opinion, definitely should have won playoff MVP as well. But strangely enough, that award went to Leandro Vesoto, who didn't really have the best playoffs for Tapete. Usually was the third offensive option behind Lucarelli and Conte, but did have a pretty important final game where he scored 19 points. But in my opinion, Lucarelli was definitely the most important part of the championship run. Incredible serving, incredible passing, creative and powerful hitting. He's really a superstar, one of the best outside hitters in volleyball. And it's just an amazing redemption story, getting that Achilles injury last year, one of the hardest injuries to come back from in pro sports. The injury that basically ended Kobe Bryant's career, but he's come back, still looks really athletic, jumping as high as ever, looks really good out on the court. Hopefully he can return to the Brazilian national team and continue to do big things there. The rest of the individual awards for the Brazilian finals were William Arjona as best setter, Alan Souza, who I've talked about as being the heir apparent to Wallace de Souza. He was named best opposite of the tournament. Leandro Vesoto, the other opposite, named MVP. Lucarelli and Lucas Lowe, named as the best outside hitters. Lucas Sackcamp for Tabate and Eder Carbonera for Cesi Sao Paulo, named as the best middles. And Thales Haas on Tabate, named as the best libero. It will be interesting to see who Tabate decides to keep for last year. It was kind of an anomaly that they managed to have Ricardo Lucarelli, Facundo Conte, and Douglas Souza all on the same team because they had signed Douglas Souza before he broke out as one of Brazil's 
biggest young stars in last year's Nations League and World Championships. Also, they had Nicolas Uriarte and Rafael, two really strong starting quality setters. I can't imagine that either of them would want to spend a season on the bench. So Tabate winning their first title, ending Santa Cruzero's five titles in a row. Really well done for them. They do have some questions heading into next year, but I'm sure they aren't too worried about those right at this moment. So that means every pro league in volleyball is done, except for the Italian League Finals happening tomorrow, Tuesday, May 14th, happening at 8.30 p.m. Italian time, 2.30 p.m. Eastern time. Must watch volleyball. There's so many good storylines going on in that game. Can Lube Civitanova redeem themselves and Perugia's dominance and the second place curse? They've come in second place in five, I believe, of the last tournaments they've played in. Really exciting stuff. Can't wait to watch that. We also have the Champions League finals, the men's taking place at 1 p.m. on Saturday, May 18th, the women's Champions League finals between Canegliano and Novara, a rematch of the women's Super League, and that's happening at 10 a.m. Both of those games should be really exciting. I think they're really upping the production values for the Super Finals. I'm excited to see what the CEV has in store for that. Also, last week I intended the Korean V-League tryouts and draft. It was a really cool experience. Got to learn a lot, meet a few people. If you want to read a bit about my experiences with that, you can check out an article I wrote, which is on the CEV website titled Vienna and Andrik Drafted into Korean League after tryouts in Toronto. I'll probably talk a bit more about it too when I do the transfers podcast. So that's it for me today. Love the feedback I've been getting from you guys. Love the growth the podcast has been experiencing recently. As always, follow me at 51VB on Instagram where you can DM me and I'll almost always answer it or email me at 51VB at gmail.com if you have any questions, comments, or feedback. Hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. Looking forward to the Italian League Finals tomorrow. Should be really exciting and hope you have a great week. Thanks.